You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 148, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Thank you for joining me as we explore the U.S. medical system in fun and informative format through expert analysis. Today's expert is Dr. Juliet Breeze. She's the CEO and founder of Next Level Medical based in Houston, Texas. And we're going to talk about direct primary urgent care. <laughs> You'll find out more when in our conversation. But it's, again, it's a disruptive, innovative method of delivering health care that leverages a membership-based practice like direct primary care, which is sort of like a hybrid function with that yet it also has the advanced capabilities of urgent care. So imaging, laboratories, and things like that. It's a way of packaging things together to make it less expensive for employers. I think you find it very interesting if you're obviously an employer in the Houston area, or actually now in Texas as they're expanding. It's something certainly worth looking into. And I think you'll find this idea as one that has real legs, and you can see it being utilized in lots of different places in the country. Show notes, as always, can be found at theparadox.com slash 148. If you enjoy the show and like what I'm doing and want to help support it and help keep it free for those who are listening, please go to patreon.com slash the paradox. There you can become a monthly contributor for as low as $2 a month and support the message of free markets and medicine. But without further ado, Dr. Julia Breeze in urgent care as primary care. Enjoy. Well, I'm here with my new friend, Dr. Julia Breeze. She's the founder and CEO of Next Level Medical, one of the fastest growing healthcare companies in Texas. Next Level offers advanced primary care and urgent care in both membership or traditional fee-for-service models. Dr. Breeze earned a medical degree from Baylor College of Medicine, and after working family practice for several years, she moved her focus to the business of medicine, and she is, I guess you'd call, a serial entrepreneur. She developed several large medical group practices, private hospitals, surgery centers, and today we're going to talk about Next Level Med, And um, because I heard you on another previous show, and I really wanted to get into that a little bit more and introduce you to my audience. So thanks so much for joining the show. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited to 
talk about my favorite subject, which is next level and advanced primary care. I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. I feel like asking people about their business and the ones they create is sort of like asking about their kids. They're so excited yeah. always to talk, talk about it because it is really like, you know, it's your baby, right? Yeah, actually, it is kind of funny. We, we talk about it all, all the time because I just, uh, we, we just opened another clinic uh, this about three days ago and uh, we're opening them up fast and furious. And so it's like, you know, but I once had a patient and she had nine kids and I just couldn't get over the fact that she had nine kids. And I kept, I asked her, you know, you have to tell me, how are you doing this? And she said, oh, after number four, it's like ducks in a row. And so I kind of feel like I understand what she's saying now <laughs> with yeah. clinics where we're, uh, we, we feel like we have it down now. It's funny. My friend said the same thing. She got to, she said, once you have three, you're kind of outnumbered. And then you just, they sort of kind of take, take care of each other and like, well, okay, I'm not going to really... I'm not going to push that. We're just going to, we'll stop at three. We're good. <laughs> good. Um, so uh, I want to talk about next level meds because I think it's real interesting. We talked a lot on the show about direct primary care and about sort of innovative ways, different ways of providing care for patients. Explain what next, next level med is, and then we'll kind of go into, I guess, more of the details about the history of it. Well, okay. So I can't really explain what it is without really talking about the history of it because it it um, started out so differently than it ended up. I mean, we started out as an urgent care concept um, and it was truly, you know, different parts of the country are different, but in Houston, Texas, there were freestanding emergency rooms on every corner popping up. And I had the, you know, uh, the, the fateful encounter. Um, my, my son ended up in one and we got this huge bill for very easy care that was certainly not life-threatening. And it got me started on this thing where I had to create clinics that people could access after hours, could be, um, could be open on the weekends, could take care of the things that happened to us all the time when doctor's offices that are, you know, the traditional eight to five aren't open. And so, you know, once we launched Next Level Urgent Care, we started getting people commenting all the time, God, I wish you were my primary care doctor. This is so great. I can come on the weekends. I can come at night. Um, you know, I, I wish we had something like this. And so uh, that's sort of the evolution of what happened was we we still um, provide urgent care and seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then during COVID, just like everyone else, we had to figure out how to do telemedicine. So we added that to the uh, milieu. We've got 24-7 uh, telemedicine. And then we just said, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could take these facilities that we've put up all over town that are super convenient to people. And we can give them the convenience, but then also address the other obstacle, which the other obstacle is cost. And so right. we looked at different models and thought, you know, the direct primary care model looks really interesting uh, and started talking to some employers that we were already um, engaged with in other ways and asked them if they would be interested in maybe doing a membership for the whole scope of services, both primary and, um, urgent. And that's, that's the story. Right. And you know, when it direct primary care obviously is where you have a physician who provides care on a membership basis, you pay a monthly fee. And, uh, the, the problem of course with direct primary care 
in the sense that there's a problem with it is the fact that it's it's difficult to scale, right? You're only one doctor or maybe two, and you can only care for you know 500, 1,000 patients maybe at max, compared to traditional practice where you're taking 2,500 patients or so in a normal patient panel. So you've decided to, I guess, kind of take that model a little bit, but scaled up. And of course, another problem with direct primary care is they're in one place, generally speaking, right? And so if you have a large employer and you're trying to get your people in the same you know, in the same sort of healthcare, they have to either go to one centralized location, but I guess you offer an alternative in that you have multiple franchise, I guess we'll call them uh, around town, right? That, well, 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 they're not franchises. They're all, we're all one big happy family that is under one company roof. So there's okay, no, sure. not different people um, running the different clinics, but, um, but to your point, um, really, we see this as a very exciting you know, possible new way that healthcare should be provided in, in that uh, we, it's a team approach. And now the other company that I um, am involved with is a hospice and uh, they hospice is a very team-based um, provision of care. It's, you know, you right. have to work with the chaplains and the social workers and the nurses and the aides and the doctors all come together. And so that's something that I've actually have a lot of experience with. And I thought, this could work for primary care. It's not the traditional model. Usually people think of, okay, I only go and see this one doctor and I have the relationship with this one doctor. Well, we, we aren't providing that necessarily, although there are plenty of, um, so our clinics are staffed with usually the same doctor works the same hours and days. And so um, you certainly, if you wanted to as a patient could see that same person. But if you want to take advantage of that convenience factor, which is the seven day a week, I can go in on a Saturday afternoon and get my physical. Well, that doctor might not be there on that particular day. So there is a little give and take. Patients have to be able to be okay with a team approach versus a specific person. Yeah. So, I mean, that is obviously one of the the difficulties is that you can't see the same person. Uh, I assume with all your locations, Everyone's using the same elect the same record, so someone could go to a different, you know, they're across town and something happens or whatever, and they go so they can see the people know who they are or know their history, basically, right? That's right. But even more, the I think the the most beautiful way that we're using that sort of technology to enhance people's um, the handoff and people's care is with the virtual medicine component. So what we are doing is we are allowing patients, we want it to be convenient for patients. So if they can be taken care of properly in a virtual setting, then we will do that. But the second that they tell us something that makes us really want them to come in and get, you know, an abdominal exam or get a chest X-ray or, you know, whatever, listen to their heart, um, then we put that patient, that visit on hold and they can come to the convenient most convenient location and then the team that's on site there picks up that note just opens it takes it off hold and continues the visit and in that way I think that's the very best way that you could use virtual medicine because my fear as a physician uh, with virtual medicine is that you know we're, we're doing a lot of we're doing a lot of guessing without all of the data that we normally have to make decisions about patients. Right. And so what I tell my providers is, look, don't ever get yourself out of your comfort zone. If you feel like you need something 
like a lab or a, an exam or anything um, that to, to really to, to really make sure that you're doing the right thing for the patient, then you should do that. And you should tell the patient. The great thing about the membership is that it doesn't cost the patient a dime more to make that transfer. And that's the thing that I think was a problem. You know, when we first started doing virtual medicine, well, if we really wanted them to come in, then the model was, you know, they were, they had a virtual visit. Now they're going to have an in-person visit. And then we had to somehow figure out how to do that membership. It's unlimited. They can do, they can have as many visits as they want. And so where they have their visit doesn't matter to us. So, I mean, in many ways, you're not really providing urgent care. I mean, you do have the urgent care capability because, you know, you talk to direct primary care doc and they're like, well, we kind of do urgent care, you know, as long as it's nothing super complex, you know, but then they're pretty much going to the emergency room anyway, which is a different level of care, right? Like your, you know, EKG or, you know, providing medications and things like that. So urgent care, it's always hard for me. I'm in anesthesia, right? So it's hard for me to sort of understand exactly where, when people need to go one place or the other, but you're basically an urgent care center that provides a primary care too, right? I mean, is that kind of, is that a fair assessment of what you do? Yeah. So, so what I always tell people is we're direct primary care on steroids because <laughs> we can not only take care of your diabetes and your hypertension, but if you break your arm, we can actually splint you. We can, we can take an x-ray. We can splint you. We can even bring you back for a cast if you don't need surgery. So um, we do IV fluids. We do laceration repairs. We are very comfortable um, doing, doing a wide a range of things that some people might go to the emergency room for. Um, we, what we think, uh, what your statement that it's confusing to you where to go. That is everyone. You're a doctor yeah. and I'm a doctor. It's confusing. So what we have done is we've set up a really simple way that patients can understand uh, what to do. So our, uh, when a patient becomes a member, um, they get an app or actually they could have the app without the membership, but they can't use the button without the membership. There's a very simple single button. They push the button. They get immediately connected to an RN case uh, care navigator. And that person will help them to determine what's the level of care that makes sense for them. If they say, hey, I'm having chest pain. It feels like an elephant standing on my chest. That nurse navigator is going to call 911 for them or tell them, get off the phone and call 911. Um, the, uh, but the patient might say, you know, I have this sinusitis. I have it every single year. I just want the antibiotics that I always get. You know, the nurse navigator might say, let me just put you on with a virtual doctor just to get a little bit of quick history. And I'm sure they can take care of you over the phone. You know, that that's the kind of thing where um, patients need that. And they, they're not able to um, sometimes determine what makes sense and when they come in and when they stay out. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the difficult things with as a physician is, you know, you do need to know your patient. And so this is always the the, the struggle. Um, I think that if you're a primary care, you know, someone gives you a history and you think, boy, this is this is really worrisome. Someone give you the same history like, I know this patient and they tend to be, you know, not histrionics, maybe not fair word, but yeah, they yeah. tend to ex you know what I mean? They're <laughs> they're they tend to kind of exaggerate their symptoms and they come in that they so you, you lose that with this, with any sort of uh, lack of continuity. I mean, of course, this happens in any practice where you have someone covering for call, right? I mean, you have people who don't know those families or whatever. Uh, how do you think that right. impacts you with your, with your, I mean, you can't leave that in your note, right? So how does it impact it within, within the, uh, the urgent care? You know, care we, sort of it's kind of funny. I mean, we have the same experience that 
uh, I had when I was a primary care doctor. We really get to know our patients. These people do like to use us. They do come back. They, uh, and like I said, usually it's the same two doctors that work in a clinic. You know, one works three days, one works four days and vice versa. Um, so they really do get to know their customers. And yes, of course, I mean, that's what makes urgent care a little challenging. It certainly makes the virtual setting of urgent care really challenging when you're meet, when you're talking to a person you have you don't really know that well. It's always nicer to get them in um, because you can kind of learn you can glean a lot just from looking at you know what's going on with a patient. But uh, but in any case, I think that that yes, that's always a struggle. Um, but we are finding that people like this model. And um, what's exciting to me is the utilization. So we weren't sure how it was going to go. We thought, well, you know, uh, we're going to put this out there, but it's not like we're selling ice cream cones. You know, people might not want to come in. And even if we give it to them for free, um, even if they never have to take their wallet out when they come in. But what has happened is we've used our care navigators to, to reach out to patients and let them know that their employer has paid for them to have care that they don't have to pay for. And it really has made a difference. We are getting a lot of people to do um, their physical exams. That is less about money and more about the convenience of the evenings and the weekends. Um, the money comes in when you're talking about chronic illness care. So the diabetes, the hypertensives, um, hyperlipidemics, those people, they just, they don't have the money to keep paying co-pays every time they have to come in to get their medicines adjusted. Right. So they just don't. Yeah. That's obviously the the struggle, right? With you is, is it, well, at least now with this system, you have people who can get more consistent care, right? That's always the problem when you have, we talked about primary care that's issues. Right. Um, so, I mean, obviously you have relationships with employers, and so that's the that's the thing that's a little different from lots of direct primary care docs. They sometimes have relationships with employers, but they're smaller, and so they don't have as, you know, it's hard to sign someone up for, you can only take over so many patients, right, like 100 employees or something like that. So you obviously right. can scale quite a bit, so you can have large employers. What sort of has been your experience in the Houston market as far as finding employers who are interested in this sort of uh, process? Well, it's kind of uh, interesting. We, it's always hard to find the first one, right? You know, and then, um, <laughs> but now we have some um, experience. So we we have run our six and eight month numbers um, uh, with three large employers, and they are phenomenal numbers. Now we've um, we have the utilization is fantastic. They're saving anywhere from twenty five to seventy five percent off of their normal fee for service. Uh, um, care prices. And so uh, they're really pleased that the, the employees are highly satisfied. It's just been a really great experience for those initial customers. And so now it's getting a lot easier to talk to different employers. We've got, uh, we've actually just in the past couple of weeks signed up multiple larger employers that want to go with this model. I think that the other thing is that we've got a couple things go, you know, on our side that, you know, you just can't plan for these kind of things, but the labor market is uh, very challenging right now. And um, employers are looking for hooks. They're looking for ways to attract employees to come and stay and free primary healthcare is a very attractive benefit right now to a lot of people. So that's uh, that's worked really well for us. I think the other thing that's happening is 
prices are going up. Uh, a lot of the employers that we talk to are telling us that they're just getting their their premiums are uh, were uh, increased again, and they can't keep making their employees' deductibles higher. And they need to find something that will help them ultimately. So they're taking the bet that if employees actually utilize this type of healthcare, that they will ultimately actually have less uh, high cost, high dollar claims, uh, that they will have less pharmaceutical bills because we really try to keep people on generics and formulary. Um, and they will have a lot less of a lab bill. We, we have a central lab, so our lab prices are really a lot lower than, than other places. So they, they're looking to save money on healthcare while providing their employees with an, you know, a superior experience. And that's what we're trying to do. We, we, again, for me, this is so exciting because I feel like, you know, we have a bad system right now and, and yes. people aren't, you know, they're not getting great care and they're getting it for really high prices. And, you know, when I got to see those six month numbers, I was, you know, I was thrilled um, because I, it, 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 it's, it's exactly what we wanted to show. We wanted to show that we could make a, a difference and have people pay less for more. Yeah. And we well, still win. I mean, we're not, it's not a charity. We're not a charity. Like we're, we're actually making a margin that's healthy and it would be a, it's a good business. It's not like, you know, we're just right, giving right. it away and people are so surprised because they, you know, they hear the pricing and they're like, wow, how are you doing that? But, uh, it's, it's doable. I mean, it's so a couple questions come to mind. I mean, one, so one is, uh, one of the th challenges that some of these, these docs have is when they have, uh, they sign an employer to try and prove that they've, provide a value, you know, it's, it's sometimes a little difficult because you have to, you know, do you keep track of ICD-10 codes and you say, well, look at, this is what you're paying before. Or do you just say, just look at your bottom numbers and see what you paid last year versus this year and see if there's a difference. Is that sort of been your approach? So um, that's a good question because here's the problem. I don't have the, I don't have the numbers like what you paid last year and what you paid this year. Right. I have to get yeah. those from employers. But what I do have is I know every single patient who has utilized us and what they've utilized us for um, since they became a member. So what we did was we basically said, look, um, you had a hundred urgent care visits. You had uh, 300 primary care visits. You had 20 labs, you had whatever, is and we 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 have that all mapped out because that's we have that in our record anyway. It's just it's sort of automatically yeah. happens when the patient comes in. So it's very easy to, to um, sort of show them utilization and then we just apply what they're before a, a client starts. We get what they were paying for these things before. So we ask them for their data. What did you pay for an urgent care? You know, what did you pay for your primary care on average? And then we just apply those averages and we can show them, look, this is what you would have paid for this amount of service. And this is what you ended up paying through the membership. And it's, it's always, you know, but what we decided to do just to get um, employers not scared to take the, to take the chance on us is we yeah. said, if that number of what people used and that um, is ever lower than what you're paying for your membership, we will refund the difference. So you will never 
pay more for healthcare than you're paying right now, um, but you stand to win on the other side. So that's our sort of performance guarantee that we put in place just to make employers, because it's not, it's not going to, we're not worried that they're not going to save. And so it's an easy promise yeah. to make. Right. Yeah. You have very little at stake, really. For them, they, of course, they're, they're unfamiliar with the situation. So they're like, well, I don't know if this yeah. will work. And you're like, don't worry. We're so much cheaper than uh, <laughs> than the previous situation. We got that. So yeah. they, they, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the obvious question is, uh, you know, we talked to direct primary care docs and they have, they provide medications. They they have deals with labs, deals with imaging. They don't usually do those themselves. You obviously have it in-house uh, with all your, I mean, you have much bigger overhead and more a bigger physical footprint and, you know, facility operation than these uh, sole practitioners. So when somebody contracts with you, they're obviously uh, getting all this stuff, but there's still the times when people have to go to the emergency room. They're crushing chest pain. They have an MI, they have a stroke or whatever. So how do you structure your, uh, how do you structure your service in with these employers? Are you just going for self-employed or sorry, self-funded employers? Self-insured. So you're you're not like part of a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're, no, gotcha. I mean, you. It, the thing is, actually, it is funny that I say that because we do have a couple of employers that actually are fully insured and they're still using us <laughs> because they think it's such a good benefit for their employees. They want to do it. Um, I, I'm not, and I, I mean, I, I don't understand that. I mean, that's you're just you're paying more, but, um, yeah. but the employees do love not having to come out of pocket, and there's not a lot of plans where it's you know, zero cost for employee employees. So, um, so maybe, so that's what they're doing it for. Most of the vast majority of our employers that we're working with are self, uh, funded. And so this is a really, it, it, it is definitely a win for them when they are paying these exorbitant rates. The, the thing that surprised me the most was lab. I had no idea. Lab is like, it's marked up like 30 times what the cost oh, yeah. of the actual lab is. And so, you know, these, when we tell them like, okay, well, you know, you can, if, even if the patient doesn't use this for primary care, if they want to use us for lab, we'll be happy to do that. And um, boy, we're, I mean, we can save hundreds of thousands of dollars just on lab alone for for employers. If they're big enough. Yeah. I find the amount of, um, slush that's in the system. I guess I don't know what better oh, word term there is for it, right? Uh, it's really remarkable. I just talked recently to Keith Smith, uh, Dr. Smith, who's at the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. Most people are familiar with him at the Free Market uh, Medical Center where he has fully transparent prices. But the, the amount of markup in the area, you wonder where the money goes because it is uh, it is so tremendous. I mean, I go and I have a lab. I get a PSA. I'm a pretty healthy person. I don't get much stuff. It was like a couple bucks. And other people are paying sixty dollars in labs now. They get their insurance yeah. fee, which you know, my air quotes here, yeah. where they get it, they pay a lot less than copay or something. But it's still generally more than a few dollars. It is really amazing. I don't know where the money goes, but it doesn't go to the doctor <laughs> or, or no, it, it just leaves the patient. No, that's right. I mean, it is a little bit interesting how that all happens. And you know, actually, what I didn't understand was um, because I was thinking, well, we're going to offer, you know, obviously full physical exam is something that I think will can really be a game changer when employees are using it. And we're finding early diabetes and early hypertension and maybe some early cancer. That's, you know, that's a that can really change your high high dollar claims at the other on the other side. So I really wanted to push for that. And I was thinking, how are we going to do this? Because generally, um, plans do offer full physical exams for free. 
um, you know, like they don't, there's no employee cost for that. Right. But in actuality, the lab is still, is not like the, the actual yeah. exam is um, covered, but the lab is not. And uh, I have heard employees say, wait a second. So I don't have to pay for the blood work. And that is like, that's a, you know, again, it's a hook. It it'll, it gets people to do the right thing. And, you know, we find things on blood work and that's, and so it's nice to, to be able to do that once a year. So one of the, one of the concerns someone would have for a totally free healthcare is the kind of what you're talking about. Essentially what you're offering, if you have some, someone who's paying your membership. So these are people who are not paying themselves, but they're employees that if everything's totally covered, they're going to overutilize the healthcare. They're going to get more labs, get more imaging. They get all this, right. I mean, that's always a concern that someone's going to have if they provide everything for free, because you know, you tend yeah. to treat things that are totally for free, like they're free, like, you know, it's unlimited, re- you know, unlimited yeah. resource. So what do you find? So what are you finding there as far as the limitations or where that's not actually the case? Well, I mean, all of us who practice medicine have had the few patients that just love to come in and want to visit all the time. And yeah. we definitely have built that into the model. We know we're going to have a few of those, but in general, people don't want to just get a chest x-ray for fun or want to just like come in and draw some blood for me because I get it for free. Like it's, well, again, it's not, it's not ice cream sundaes. We, we are give, we're doing things that most people don't love to do. Like if you had free dental care every single day of you, you wouldn't go every day to get your dentist to clean your teeth. It's just not that fun, you know? And so um, I think that, you know, that's where, what is saving us. Um, but also, you know, that's why I really like the employer group approach because um, if you, obviously, if you sell this, we have not figured out how to sell it to individuals because we do believe that individuals who buy this will be the ones that are the super duper heavy utilizers. And, and uh, so uh, that's that we, have, we haven't gotten there yet. I would love to figure it out though, because I would love to be able to offer this um, to individuals. I just, right now, I think it would have to be a lot more expensive than what we're doing for employers just to, you know, make sure that we were protected against those people who just, you know, want a friend and come to see their doctor. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's certainly a risk, right? Uh, So what is your, what's your feeling? You've been in the healthcare space for quite a while. You've, I mean, it sounds like you've started surgery centers. You've started, um, I mean, obviously you were in private practice for a while too. I'm old. Yes. (laughs) Well, Hey, welcome to the club. Right. Um, where do you see the the problem right now in medicine? Or I guess, I mean, I guess the, the problem is sort of obvious that we're talking about. How long about, do you have? <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's always right. Can you solve healthcare in three minutes? Go, right. Um, yeah. So what you're offering right now, I mean, my impression in doing the show is I, I'm talking to people who are doing things that I didn't think was even possible. I mean, that's sort of what's happened in the last three years since I started the show. And I found people who are just finding ways to deliver care that I never thought was uh was even an option and they're providing for lower costs and all the things you sort of imagine you want a market sort of to, to do, but it just doesn't work because we don't really have a market in, in healthcare right now. Um, do you see your, do you see this sort of, maybe not your specific model, but this sort of way of fixing healthcare? Do you see this as winning or do you see this as eventually going to lose and some, we're just going to be forced with some other system? I mean, I guess, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future of your sort of your niche that you've you've carved out of healthcare. So, so this is what I tell people. I'm I'm excited about this because in healthcare we we need convenience and we need 
cost-effective. Uh, and we need to focus on the patient and not on, I don't like the fee-for-service model. I think it's a terrible model. I, I, I really do think that it, it forces us to do things in a way that doesn't make any sense for the patients. Um, having said that, um, and so I and so so I am an optimistic person. I think that this is a very exciting step in the right direction. Do I think that I have just solved healthcare? No, I think that this is the step in the right direction. I think that there's going to be some add-ons to this. I think um, people will take this, hopefully take this ball and run with it in ways that I can't even imagine right now. But I wanted to get out there with something that starts to change people's minds about what is possible. And, um, and I really do think that with the rest of the world being open for business seven days a week and all hours of the day and night, the fact that we can't get healthcare that way, that's, that has got to change. So I think that this is a really good model for that. Um, I, I, I like membership. I think membership is a better idea for healthcare. I just think it, it removes some of those, um, you know, some of those ugly truths about, you know, well, did they really need this study or that study? We're not, we're not incentivized to over order in any way. You know, we're just, we, we, we're kind of committed to try to do what's necessary for the patient. We kind of have removed barriers for my providers to be able to do that. So they have very inexpensive options at their fingertips. Um, and so I don't worry if they want to order a lab or they want to order an x-ray, it's not going to break our bank. I'm not telling them, oh, wait, you've ordered too many x-rays this, this month. You know, that just isn't a thing. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it's a good model. I think, I think we have a way, a ways to go yet. So we've solved healthcare in this country, at least. Yeah. Well, and, and I agree with you. I don't think, you know, we're going to solve healthcare ever really in some ways, you know, <laughs> I don't think you're, it's always going to be changing. And I think, you know, your model is, uh, and your, what you're doing is probably one piece of many that are going to solve it. I mean, there probably might be some situation where fee for service does work for some people. And, you know, that's the great thing. Like, you know, I use Crest. Some people use Colgate toothpaste. There are probably different ways of, of getting the same. We always talk about that medicine, right? There are two different ways to treat, probably 10 different ways to treat the same thing. And they all work. It just depends on the patient and, you know, the, the person doing it. Um, do you see this as something... Uh, I guess, you know, for your business specifically for next level, are you guys looking to stay in Texas? Are you looking to go nationwide? Are you looking to, are you talking to people who are like from Portland, Oregon or saying, Hey, we'd like to do the same thing. Can you tell us how you're doing it? What, what's sort of going on with that we, sort of space? So there's a couple of different things that are exciting that we're kind of looking at. Number one is we're, uh, we're expanding outside of Houston. We, we already have um, locations that are slated to open in Austin and San Antonio next year. Um, and we are very interested in being nationwide. Um, we also are very interested in continuing to innovate in the space. So when we meet people who have great ideas, a lot of the things that we're, a lot of the people who we're talking to right now are people, because our platform is really just preventive, primary and urgent care um, and we are a great jumping off point for other people doing these things like, you know, imaging, uh, advanced imaging. Um, you know, we work with green imaging. We, we love to have um, 
uh, relationships with people who are um, doing direct like bundling for surgeries or right. um, other things like that. So we're, we're constantly talking to people who might have a great bolt-on product or service that we can add to what we're already doing. So those are the things So we, we want to keep growing, expanding, uh, keep innovating around the, the ideas and see if we can come up with something that actually works really well for, you know, and, and, and really the sky's the limit as far as, well, it seems very unlimited to me right now, all the options of how we can grow this platform. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can definitely see, you can see the scalability issues around it. And you can definitely see the fact that, like you said, finding partners who are going to provide the things that you can't provide and certainly easily. Right. I mean, like the surgery, you could find a surgery center that, that provides things or a hospital or, um, well, I guess the, the options are sort of unlimited in some ways. Uh, how do you find, Even how do you find doctors? Company. Oh, sure. Even in, are they, are know, they interested? Because, you know, Keith Smith always talked about how insurance companies are sometimes incentivized to have price is kind of high because they get a percentage back a discount, right? So how do you, That's how right. do you find that? Well, so what what's happening though is that there's, they want to keep customers and their customers are pushing back. I mean, they're saying, hold on, why, why, is my, why are my premiums going up again? And so they're very interested in talking to us about hmm, maybe if we layer what you're doing onto what we do because we we need to be or i want to be in a situation where patients have options for specialists and hospital and things that we don't do right and so it's it's very nice for them to have catastrophic care coverage um or just specialists you know the ideal world would be that there were there uh we were able to buy as you know, employers, we were able to buy specialist and hospital, hospitalist only or hospital only. Um, but that's not a thing right now yet. Um, but I would love to see that. But definitely insurance companies are not, they're very curious about what we're doing. We're not really stepping on their toes so much right now because the yeah. employers need them. And so we are not, uh, and I think that this is great because it's really hard when you come up with an idea that makes a lot of people mad, you know, and then you, then you end up getting, you know, all these, you know, barbs thrown at you and, and, and people are trying to take you down and we're not really in a space where we're hurting anybody right now. Um, and so I think now, now, I mean, maybe later that will change, but right now I think we're being accepted as just part of the ecosystem. Sure. Well, and it's always, you know, when it comes to insurance companies, there some, it depends on the states, right? All insurance, the, the relationship between insurance companies and healthcare systems varies by state, right? You have a lot of places where they're now affiliated. And so it's going to make things a little bit stickier and a little bit trickier to try and navigate the spaces at an independent center, or, you know, I imagine. I mean, all those things are probably complicated. A final thing, I just, you know, when it comes to finding people to work in your clinic for physicians and stuff, um, you know, do they... Are, are they partners? They get stock. I mean, how does it work for people who want to work in, in one of your clinics? Well, that's actually such a good question. So um, what we have traditionally offered is an amazing lifestyle. So our doctors and our advanced practice providers can work three days a week and have full-time hours because we are open 12, 12 hour days. And so their shifts um, 
make it a, a very nice thing for people who have other interests in their life. So the other thing about it is they are truly off when they're off for their four days, they don't have a pay, you know, they don't get called, um, because the team is covering. So, um, that's not very usual for a doctor. Doctors always got additional work and it's, you know, never just a 40 hour work week. And this really truly is. And so we haven't had to work that hard convincing people. We've, we've, it's a good, well, well-paid job and, uh, they get bonuses, um, that are based upon production and, um, they have some other op- opportunities. When you ask about stock, that's kind of an, a, a neat, um, question. We, right now we're a private company. We would love to one day be a public company. And in that, in that situation, we will definitely be offering stock options to our, um, our employees and, you know, get involved in those kind of plans. But right now, we're we're just trying to get to a point where we that where where we've proven that this makes sense, that we can do it, that we can scale, and then we'll kind of go forward from there. Sure, you got to prove that you can do it in somewhere other than Houston, right? That maybe it's not That's some right. sort of a, a barren yeah, sort of location or whatever. Flute. Yeah, right, yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, it's been a delight talking to you, Doctor Breeze. Uh, you are a breath of fresh air. I had to say at least one pun on your name. I apologize. Uh-huh, I thank you. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> well, it was very nice talking to you too. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, if people want to get a hold of you and, or find your more things are going on, obviously, in the show notes will have linked at the paradox.com slash 148. But where do they find stuff like it? Are you writing things? Are you on social media? Yeah, so we're everywhere, but the best place to go is our website where all of our links for everything else are. So nextlevelurgentcare.com is our website. Uh, And of course, you can always email me directly at jbreeze at nlucc.com. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what the doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash theparadox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com. 